Hi, my name is Brent Feldman, and I am back with another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today, I am joined by Eric Thomas of Electric Oak, and he is here to talk with us about uh, his organization and also about uh, the sale of agencies that he has had in the past. So, Eric, very nice to have you here. Thank you Brent, so thank much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm really looking at digging in here because, uh, you know, it's very interesting. Not uh, everybody gets to the point of, you know, sale of an organization. Um, but I guess, you know, kind of first and foremost, kind of how long have you been in the digital slash IT space? So I essentially started in 97 and it's a kind of a funny story, but a place in Quincy, Illinois, where I'm from, um, said that their web developer was moving to Arizona and that they needed somebody else. And I'm like, well, but it's the internet and the web for, a okay, yes, I'll come help you. So that was actually in 97 with, was my uh, first, uh, I guess I'll call it commercial engagements, but, um, but I'd done other, you know, computer related things for residential, but, uh, but otherwise that was my first foray into, into the digital marketing space. So a long okay. time, Brent. Yeah, definitely. No, that's good. Like, uh, you know, the dawn of, of the internet, uh, you know, you think kind of like, yeah, 94, 95 and stuff. And, uh, and so that was shortly into it. So I'm sure, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. I'm sure from your side to see all the evolution. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Cause I, I graduated actually with a degree in accounting in 95. So trying to mesh accounting and technology has been fun. So no offense to accountants, but you wound up doing something way cooler. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't disagree. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, for you, what has it been like to actually grow a company and actually maybe in your case, a set of companies and actually have an exit? Um, because, you know, again, yeah, it's not the uh, typical thing. Yes, that's obviously the goal of a lot of entrepreneurs and people, you know, kind of growing companies is to actually kind of step away one day to sell it. And maybe that's to a bigger organization, maybe have a merger, all sorts of ways to do it. But in your case, you know, kind of how did you put it together? What happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, Brent, to start out so that, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned my first uh, essentially business client was in 97. And I left a perfectly good paying job in 2000 because I started gaining uh, clients on both sides of the fence. I was doing a lot of IT. I was doing a lot of digital marketing. And so, um, so in 2000, left a perfectly good paying job. In 2002, the end of that, started taking on employees. Um, in 2007, we actually bought a, uh, uh, an IT firm, uh, again, here in Quincy. So we uh, went into a good amount of debt. In the, in the signing of a uh, of a document, and we also gained. I think the number was nineteen. We gained nineteen employees that we we essentially hired. You know, again with the signing of a document. So that was a uh, that was in February of two thousand and seven. So I'll never forget that day um, of meeting lots of new employees. I guess is what I would call it. So, but uh, and then with that came. A business in Kirksville, Missouri. So there were, I think there were three employees over there, but, um, and then fast forward to 14, 14 was a crazy year. So we split out our digital marketing agency from the IT firm should have probably been done prior to that. But, um, so we split them out, new name, new, uh, building, new everything, um, and was totally focused on the digital marketing and the IT company 
remained the same as where it was. So that was in the beginning of 14. Then later in 14, we bought a traditional agency. Um, so videography, graphic design, uh, content, copywriting, um, uh, advertising, those kinds of things. Um, and then not, I think it was one month later, we sold our IT company that was in Kirksville. So again, a very small one, but um, so a, a breakout of an organization in the beginning of the year, then a purchase of a marketing and then a sale of an IT. So there was a lot going on inside, inside of that year. And so, um, and it's very small around here. Actually, the business we sold in Kirksville was to an employee um, that wanted to own that business. So it was, it was interesting. And those were, I think those were separated by like six weeks. So we had bought the marketing agency and that took, I mean, I had started talking with her in 07 actually. So it was, it took seven years before we finalized, finalized anything in the, the Kirksville probably took, I don't know, probably took seven months instead of seven years. Um, so it was much easier, much smaller, but, um, but then fast forward to, um, to 2018 where I sold. And I, when I say I, I mean, my wife and I, we are co-owners in these, these businesses that I talk about, but, um, but it fast forward to 2018 and we sold to a much larger uh, company. I think we were their 41st acquisition, something like that, but we wow. sold our IT firm. Um, so, so anyway, they were in big on the M&A side and I wasn't looking to sell, sell, but they said, well, are you interested? They had places a couple hours on north and south of me. And so I assume that they wanted something in the middle, but, um, but anyway, but we were the biggest IT firm. We had, you know, we were doing well, but, um, I'm like, well, no, I'm not for sale, but yes, I'm for sale. Let's, <laughs> let's talk. So, so that was, uh, that was fall of 18 and the good part of it there is that they didn't want to own the building or land. So I then became a land or uh, sorry, I, um, whatever gained a rental property, a commercial renting space. So I became a landlord to a business. So, but, uh, so that was in 18 and then fast forward to, um, we were talking with, again, with a, another employee in the digital marketing company called Vervosity, Vervosity Interactive, and wanted to get some buy-in with that manager. He'd been with us since gosh, oh five, oh six, something like that. And we just, it, it just ended up, we sold the whole, my wife and I sold the whole company to him and his wife, which were both employees of, of our verbosity. So, so anyway, so that was, that was two weeks before COVID essentially shut down Illinois. So, um, so we were, it was an interesting, I don't know, timeline and time frame, I guess, if you will. So oh, that was the very end of February. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that one was very interesting. So that's fascinating. And definitely, and, and I guess, you know, there's, you know, kind of you sold to a bigger company, you know, that ended up purchasing one of the companies and you also sold to employees, you know, in the other cases. So, I mean, like, um, do you have any kind of pros and cons? Uh, obviously, you know, in, in respect to all the people in, in this situation uh, still, but yeah, anything that you have kind of like, yeah, thoughts on in regards to how you sold those organizations? Sure, sure. Yeah. The, the, and, you know, the how to value these businesses is probably the toughest part. You know, do you do some kind of uh, EBITDA thing? Do you do some kind of uh, something times annual revenues or something times annual labor revenues? And so I think every, I think I've done it every way possible or a straight asset sale. 
or purchased, but um, you know, where there's just either assets of a building or uh, equipment, those kinds of things. And so it is, I think I've done most of those, uh, those in that fashion, but my, my biggest thing is, and I was told long ago to make your accountant, your banker and a lawyer, like you're, you know, just very close with them. So, um, and I, you know, those things, those relationships were huge. You know, we, I already had all of those. My, my background is in accounting. Uh, my banker I'd worked with since the mid nineties, something like that. So, so I guess Brent, if I had any advice is man, make sure you, that you do your due diligence, make sure that you've got smart people, um, vested people uh, and the banker, of course I could, you know, could have gone bankrupt or something as, as that was on a purchase or, you know, a, uh, gaining a loan for the purchase of, of the, of the business in 2007. So, so, and then a, a big one is legal. Uh, there are so many ways of non-competes, non-solicits, non-hiring of, you know, the employees and, and all of that, but getting all of that ironed out and then what the, what the mileage is going to be, how long it's going to be for those were, I guess I would call them tricky. Um, so, you know, keeping your lawyer, you know, making sure he or she knows what you want, you know, at the end of the day, do you want totally out? Do you want this? Do you want that? Um, so that one was, anyway, I guess my thing on there is that, and legal doesn't, uh, I guess I want to say, I mean, it's, it's not at least our, our lawyer doesn't do that 24 seven. It's not what his, you know, he was in, you know, transactional and business sales and those kinds of things, but it's not like he had 13 closings every day. So, so we had to make sure we knew what we wanted out of the deal. We wanted to make sure we knew what every paragraph said. And um, especially with the one that bought us in 2018, where we also had a, uh, a rental agreement as part of it. And so trying to mesh those two. So anyway, I could ramble on for days, but I think making sure that your accountant, your lawyer, and your banker are all on the same page as you are is a, a big deal. Cool. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Well, and now you decided to just jump back into the fray. Uh, you're, you're, you're now back into it. Now Electric Oak is, you know, the new company that you're kind of, this is the catharsis this is the, you know, the, the rebirth of, of kind of like jumping back in. And, and I guess now that you are jumping back in, what are you kind of hoping to get out of like, you know, the new company? Absolutely. And Brent, I guess I was fortunate enough, lucky enough, whatever you want to call it, um, to that, that when we sold, I didn't do this with the IT company, but when we sold the digital marketing agency, so it was husband and wife selling to husband and wife, we kept, um, we kept a certain number of clients that, that, that were, I guess you want to call it excluded from the non-compete. Um, so, so we kept a number of those clients and of those many were IT firms. So they were, you know, computer, you know, networking, uh, servers, those kinds of things that they didn't do websites. So they were referral partners for us because they didn't do that kind of thing. And so those places, and especially during COVID, like I said, we were two weeks into this and COVID hits our, hits our country, but um, in our state, but with that, those places, along with, um, a business club, um, that I'm part of that again, is a networking group. Um, and then the third thing I would call it is an association that I'm, I'm in in St. Louis that all of those places kept feeding us. So 
uh, when I say feeding, giving us referrals of saying, hey, I've got a customer. I know you'll take great care of them. Um, they need this website or that website or some, you know, SEO, whatever it might be. And so they would continually feed us. I still had to do the work on, you know, finding those referral partners or keeping them happy, keeping their clients happy, because that was one thing. It's like, don't mess this up <laughs> because they're still my client on the IT side. And so, so anyway, we've been very fortunate there and been, and we're, we're very responsive. I, I, I always joke and I shouldn't even bring this up, but my wife and I actually met at Hardy's and there are, are the owner managers, you know, uh, mantra, if you will, was beat the customer to the counter. You already have a sale. Don't make them wait. Be responsive. Get them, you know, if they're in a drive through that was always a timing thing. It's be responsive, be efficient, be, so that's what we are. Um, so, so with Electric Oak, it was born basically as we were talking about the sale of Vervosity and we were sitting around one day and it's like, well, and you can already probably tell my ADHD or ADD or whatever it might be. Um, I'm the electric part of that. And my wife is the oak, the process, the uh, sturdy, the <laughs> I don't, whatever other adjectives I might add to that. But uh, we're like, all right, we're going to be electric oak. And so with that, you know, a, a big focus on um, what I would call monthly recurring revenue. Um, so I'd had it with my with the IT company and something called managed services to where you've got systems in many cases, systems or computers or processes are doing the work and you make that monthly income. So I've got the similar on how I take care of our clients' websites um, on that side of it. So so I want to continue to do that. Um, I have, whatever, I have some weird geeky passion for, <laughs> for, for patching and making sure that sites are secure and, and whatever, you know, and making sure that they're updated and everything else. And so, so anyway, that's where Electric Oak will continue to thrive and grow so um it'll keep on trucking so that's cool it, i mean it's neat that that helped you focus into a real you know niche and stuff and knowing exactly you know what you wanted to pursue and you had mentioned you know something about hardy's and actually i i will say that there are so many good lessons that come out of the restaurant industry <laughs> uh totally. just you know, stuff that are is is bulletproof um because you know there there's oh, it's a good slog it sure is you know there's a lot of stuff in restaurants so they could be really hard and if you don't have good process if you don't have good you know kind of like structure um it can fall apart really really quickly and, yeah, uh, and yeah so anyway that's that's really neat um what are our um you know maybe some of the challenges you faced you know coming uh you know i guess back into it with a new company um it sure. sounds like things have been pretty good but you know yeah i'm sure challenges along the way too yeah exactly i think you know my biggest would be and it's always that um i don't that dichotomy that whatever you want to call it of there's a good and a bad side to everything of say you go we, we had as many you know when i mentioned before that we had essentially three companies at the same, not essentially, we had three companies at the same time for what a period of like four and a half years, whatever the math might be on that. And we were up to as many as, I don't know where we were at, mid forties on employees. Um, we, we didn't want to hit 50. There were certain uh, governmental things that started to come in place with that. So, so we knew we wanted to stay below that 50, that 50 point. But um, then in, selling the IT business, we went, you know, reduced staff by half. And then by selling, you know, Vervosity, the digital marketing agency in February of 20, we re we had another, I don't know, 17 or 18 people at that point in time and went down to two. So it's just my wife and I now. So I've got 
I've got partners that I outsource to, that I refer to, that I lean on. Um, whereas, you know, in 19 or 2019 or whatever, I would have been relying on an employee to do that. And so it, it's, it's in one hand, it's, it's, um, I guess it was less nerve wracking or less anxiety that as COVID hit, it was just my wife and I, I didn't have to worry about sending people home, employees getting each other's side, didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. But then of course, the other side of that is I can't just walk down the hall and say, Hey, here's this new project that I need you to manage. It's going to be the next six months and you're going to have to get three teammates and so on and so forth. And now I'm doing most of that myself. So, so the scaling part of it um, was big, but I also had to, I had to worry about, and especially in Quincy, we're, we're smaller here. We're a town of about 40,000, but I would lose employees to not, not competitors necessarily. I don't think I hardly lost any competitors, but I lost them to either bigger companies that had more benefits or I, I, I would lose them to St. Louis or Chicago. Quite frankly, I, I think there was like an 18 month period where I lost, I don't know what it was, but say it's four people, something like that, where they wanted to get out of small Quincy and into a larger, you know, larger community for whatever their life goals were. So, but, um, so anyway, I, I the big deal on there is, is people. And so my scalability now is, well, I can handle many more, like I'd mentioned the management of the websites. Um, I can handle many of more of those, but developing a new website, you know, I, there's just a couple of us, so I've got to outsource, you know, I've got to outsource some of that. And so it was something that I wasn't really into when I had employees. I didn't need to outsource. They're, they're sitting there. They're hungry. They're waiting for the next job, the next project. So so that one's been a, a big one. And just working out of a home office and out of my out of the business club offices has been a, a pretty big change as well. You just can't walk into a room of 20 other of your employees and have a chat or have a you know, a monthly meeting or whatever it might be. So it's been a, it's been a change, but yeah. Um, yeah. But and it's also kind of interesting. I was by myself for, you know, from 2000 to 2002. So I wasn't a stranger to it, but it was, <laughs> it was different after having 40 some odd employees. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, that's a, a big shift. And actually that kind of leads into another question as you were talking about, like, you know, you were, uh, um, now you're, you know, in your home office or in the office club and like, uh, you know, that, that definitely is different. How is the playing field different maybe as a whole, um, you know, versus doing it when you started back then? I, you know, that's a good question. And I guess, you know, part of the people that had started partnering me, with me did so because I had sold the IT company and I didn't, I didn't compete with, with them in any fashion because the world, I mean, it was already flat on technology before COVID, but it went. I mean, off the rails on, you know, flat and you could sell to Boise just as easy as you could to Tallahassee as Quincy. Um, you know, everybody started to Zoom and Teams and everything else started becoming, you know, everybody's vernacular. So, but um, I, I guess, and I, I think I also saw, I can't remember what they call it, but people leaving their positions as COVID was hitting and more single startups you know, happening, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they started wanting to value, you know, their families more. They wanted, they figured out they could work from home, those kinds of things. So a ton of changes by the COVID, uh, you know, by COVID. But so I don't know if I'm answering your question exactly right, Brent, but um, yeah. you know, cause if COVID wouldn't have happened, I still would have been, you know, going to, you know, a couple of 
like a Chicago, a St. Louis, a Kansas City, those markets. And so I've started doing that again, but I don't necessarily have to as Zoom and, and Google and all the video conference software lets me be wherever I need to be. But uh, yeah, change the playing field for everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So as I'm in, in my home office right now, very comfortable. Uh, but yeah, I know I do kind of miss, you know, there there's that interaction point that you'd have the day to day, the, you know, chit chat and stuff that was yeah, exactly. kind of fun. But yeah, I know it's 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 just a different paradigm. Um, are would you say that there's any, you know, big like life lessons? that um you know or, or things that you'd be like uh you, you you should avoid this when either uh running a business or selling a business now that you've had this experience i think the easy one to say is cash is king um you know whatever you can do i made some some decisions that on some soft say some heavier software that that I thought, man, you know, we're going to hit this plateau, then we're going to hit this level. So I need some big software now so that I can grow into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dumb, just dumb, terribly dumb is what I would call that. But um, yeah, if I could have that, uh, well, a couple of bucks, if I could have that back and would have, you know, grown more slowly, I guess is what I would say, you know, because I'd already mentioned we're fast, we're responsive, those kinds of things. I need not to be that way in a lot of other business decisions to say, uh-uh, we're not getting into, uh, I'll throw some techie weird things that, no, we're not getting into Drupal. We're not getting into Joomla. We're going to stay right in our lane. We're only going to do a WordPress thing, or we're going to grow slowly that we're going to only focus on this territory, or we're going to, so I think there's a saying, well, as my wife, the oak tree would say is, steady and slow wins the race. And so if, if I had some many things to do over again, I would have thought about it either another hour, another day, another year. Um, and then it would not have been, a, I would have made the right decision after that. So, so I think just truly evaluating your options and not, um, golly, not, uh, I don't want to say not thinking too big, but if you do think big, making sure all your ducks are in a row, making sure that that is where you want to be, making sure that it's attainable, um, that it's realistic. Realistic is probably the word that I'm wanting to do, so or wanting to use. So anyway, so yeah, that life lesson would be don't try to grow too fast. Cool. Yeah, I, I actually I feel like some of these, you know, the the startups and some of the big companies and the fast growth, you know, stuff is really bit a lot of people and then they got to make all these layoffs and you know and and, and you're speaking right directly to me because like that's never been you know the ethos of Colin and I to you know we definitely don't want to have to tell people bad news for you know us just being you know greedy or you know too hungry to you know be Absolutely. at a size and so yeah I I, I really I, I I definitely appreciate that and and wow couldn't couldn't agree anymore <laughs> um that's cool. Well, all right. So I know that you started out with like, you know, trying to pursue uh, or, or you did pursue it and, and got a degree in accounting. But if there was any other, uh, you know, sort of career path you could be on, do you, do you know what that would be? Man, you know what? I've, and I've been asked that many times. I would not have changed a thing because Brent, I actually started out. I went to school here at QU at Quincy University and I was in computer science. I think it was a full semester and I'm like, this is not for me. This is not, I'm not this, this kind of guy. I'm, I'm more salesy. I'm more extroverted. I'm not sitting behind a computer 12 hours a day and just coding in a dark room with Mountain Dew and Snickers and, 
<laughs> potato chips and whatever else. I'm like, this isn't happening. This is not me. And so, um, you know, I was in finance for about a half a semester and then, then ended up in accounting. And I just, I don't, I wouldn't have changed that Brent, but I also, cause I, I did have aspirations of, I can remember sitting in an accounting class that I wanted at that time was the big six, big six accounting firms. And I'm like, I want to be in Chicago. I want to have my CPA. I want to have my CIA, not a different acronym, certified internal auditor, a CMA, a certified <clears throat> managerial accountant. Anyway, I wanted all these letters behind my name and everything else. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's this little thing called the internet that is growing up. I graduated in 95. So there's this little thing called the internet that I wonder if I ought to focus my attention there. So, so keeping that accounting background for just, just business acumen, business knowledge, business, whatever you want to call it. The perspective um, kind of. Exactly. Exactly. I would not have changed that for any other degree. No economics, no finance. I still might be a stockbroker one day, but um, I, I I love the markets, but um, but anyway, I no, I would not have changed that, and then I would not change the technology field that I'm in. I love helping, understanding companies, and then helping them. You know, to say because I've got you know a wide, whatever that is, a lot about a little, or no, I, a little about a lot. Um, I know a little about a lot that I can say, oh, you should do this different with your productivity software. You should do this different with your website. You could do Google ads. You could do this type of marketing if you're, I don't know, engage with an older segment of the population. Anyway, so all of these experiences that I've had, I would not trade my accounting and I would stay exactly where I'm at. That's so. great. That, that's that's cool. I Hey, I feel the same way. I, 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 I love doing this. So um mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I I feel like it's infectious, you know. Yeah, you just absolutely. Start doing it, you're like, oh, it it's so you know, it's growing, it's evolving, it's changing. It's not something that gets stale. So yeah, definitely, I I agree. Um, in terms of like you know, as you mentioned, like you know, you're able to point out to businesses, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, change this, uh, or you know, this could help. Um, you know, suggesting things, you know, constantly being on, you know, thinking on your toes in terms of like on your feet in terms of these are things that could help your business grow or um, what would you say are the maybe crux of the needs for small businesses that you could um, point out the things you've seen commonly? Yeah, I think a, a lot comes down to, well, a lot comes down to marketing, quite frankly. I mean, I've been involved in a number of, I'll call them situations to where somebody's trying to advertise or trying to market and their website is either not functional, it's not secure it's not it just doesn't work so it's those things of where's that credibility at for that business you know if you're if you're if one part of your marketing does not look like a excuse me another part of your marketing um you know it's fragmented it's you're using different colors in different places in different ways and different fonts and whatever so i, I think that's a big thing in business i think another is networking of getting out there and not being afraid of you know if you've got salespeople, of not being afraid that if you're a small business that i mean it's hard to put some trust into somebody that's going to be the face of your business while they're networking but it, it's got to be done um and especially with like you know how covid transformed us into talking heads and little square boxes or whatever you know i think a lot of that personal whatever touch if you will um has been lost i think we're getting it back together again but now we're 
now we've got new strains, so I don't know where it's going to go in the next couple of months. But, but anyway, I, I guess the, the, the networking nature of that and just being nice. Um, you know, I've run into lots of places that are, or people that are, I, I don't know why they're not nice. I, something happened to them, but, um, just playing nice in the sandbox with, with people and collaborating with people that uh, like a, a diversity and inclusion kind of thing that, um, that, playing fair in the sandbox i guess if you will so but um so anyway i, I think there's marketing things there's technology things brent i see a lot of companies that don't embrace technology oh well, why would i need a, a vanity email i'm just going to keep using my gmail come on all right um so so it's some of those where i got to look at it and say look i'm not going to spend my time with you if you're not going to have you know if you're not going to get the investment out of this or get the, the value out of what you should be doing. But um, so that's on a very smaller level, but, um, but it, it can happen in larger places too, just disjointed or whatever you want to call it. That um, uh, communication is, is a big deal. So people hiring a consultant have to listen to that consultant. Otherwise, yeah, why yeah. are you hiring that consultant? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, well, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, but you know, what would you say at the end of the day is like the most rewarding thing for you, uh, you know, as part of the business? I think so kind of a two part answer here. I'll go back to why I had employees or why we had employees initially. I love to see somebody succeed, somebody get a certification, somebody knock it out of the park with some website project or some, uh, I don't know, some IT project. Those kinds of things that put a when you put a smile on not only that employee's face but on the client's face, and that that's a big deal. And so now without employees, um, it's then putting that smile on that customer's face to say, well, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do this. Um, you did that quicker than you said you would, or than I'd ever experienced before, or whatever you know, whatever that thing is. That's a that's a big deal, um, you know. And I'm a I do a lot of sales, so it's always the the thrill of the game there of gaining the next sale and gaining the next happy client and gaining the next, I, I don't know, somebody that'll then refer you. I mean, that nothing speaks more volumes than that. So that's a big, big deal. So, so that's what I've kind of prided myself on of keeping all of these networking tentacles out there, I guess on, you know, near and far, whether it's it or marketing or whether it's not, I've gained one of my biggest clients from a, a business coach that was, four states over uh so it's it just it's who you know on a lot of things so that's why i go back to my networking and making people happy yeah I mean, which makes me happy so definitely i agree making those connections is uh i i definitely I, I get a lot of joy about that like oh my gosh i know somebody and this would be great yep exactly exactly yeah yep. love the network givers gain kind of thing yeah so. definitely well, Eric, you know, I, I have to say, I appreciate you doing this. I know that uh, we have known each other uh, through a mutual client from a long time ago and actually through Quincy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so happy to have run into you recently here uh, and, and definitely um, look forward to hopefully, obviously having way more conversations in the future. But, you know, thank you so much for being on on the podcast. It was great to have you. Appreciate it, Brent. Appreciate it. Loved it. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Well, this has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Uh, again, I am your host, Brent Feldman. Uh, and thank you very much. We will be back with more content.